So welcome everyone to our second episode of 2022 for What Are the Odds? My name is Jenna Hotelling. I'm the team leader for the Finger Lakes Problem Gambling Resource Center. And also with me today is Carl D. He is a gentleman that we know and have worked with for a very long time at uh, the Finger Lakes PGRC. And he's gonna be talking to us today about um, his, um, his, his, background and his experiences with um, his gambling addiction and his recovery and how that has impacted his relationships. So, of course, with February being Valentine's Day month, um, we really wanted to showcase the correlation between uh, problem gambling and impacts on loved ones and relationships. Um, so with that being said, um, Carl, thanks for joining us today. Um, would you take maybe a minute or two and just kind of summarize your recovery story with us? Um, give us a little bit of like a snapshot of like, um, you know, your experiences. Hi there, I'm Carl D and I'll always be a compulsive gambler. My last bet was December 28th, 2009. That morning, it was a Monday morning, I walked out of Turnistow Casino with $8 to my name. I had gambled away the money I'd set aside for the mortgage. It was two months behind. Uh, my credit cards were maxed out. All my lines of credit were maxed out. I didn't have any more resources to fall back on. I was flat broke and didn't know what to do or where to go. Uh, I went home that morning. I didn't have the money to give my kids for their lunch money to go to school that morning. I knew I had to do something. I didn't know what to do. So I turned to a 12-step program that offered help to compulsive gamblers. And what they gave me was a pause in my life so I could get some perspective on what I had been doing and why and gave me some hope for where I could go and how to get there. Perfect. When you talk about how gambling has affected relationships, I guess I didn't realize it when I was in the throes of my active gambling. Everything always seemed normal. All, that was my normal. Uh, none of my relationships were what I would call normal. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a normal relationship with my kids, uh, with my wife. I didn't have a normal relationship with money. I didn't have a normal relationship with my work. Uh, every relationship that I had was tainted or molded or shaped in some way by my compulsive gambling. Sometimes it was lying about where I was going and what I was doing. And sometimes it was making financial deals uh, without the knowledge of my spouse. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it was uh, cutting out early from work and leaving my customers to wonder where I was and what I was doing. Um, all the things that I was doing in my life in one way or another were influenced by my gambling. So looking back on that, do you remember when you um, made those decisions about gambling taking a priority over your relationships? Um, is that something that that people are mindful of when they are gambling or can it be? Um, what's your what's your backstory on that? I'd love to hear. Well, I wasn't really mindful of what I was doing. I didn't think it was right. Or, or I didn't think it was wrong. I just thought it was normal. Uh, to me, that's, that's how I lived my life. That was my normal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to, to tell lies just was natural because I didn't want to get caught. 
because I didn't want to have to face up to the consequences of what I was doing and, and why. I didn't really consider myself being a compulsive gambler until that last night at the casino. And then there was no off switch. Uh, I couldn't just say, okay, I'm done and, and walk out. Although that had happened several times where I could just not get away from the tables. I didn't really realize that I was compulsive and couldn't stop until that last night. Uh, all the times before I was just unlucky. You know, I didn't wear my lucky shirt or the wrong people were sitting at the tables or uh, it was the wrong week, day of the week. And there was always some excuse for why I was walking away with no money. And, and the money part wasn't even the worst of it because then I would have to make lies up about what I was doing and where I was going. And, um, my whole life was built as a house of cards. First of all, as a financial house of cards, it all came tumbling down at the end. But more than that, it was a, a house of cards built on lies. And sooner or later, my lies just caught up with me. And I ended up having to you know, actually tell people what I had done and actually fess up to, you know, most importantly, to myself about what I was doing and why. And then I could start moving toward what we consider recovery. Um, just being abstinent was a great start because I would always plan on where I was going and I would make plans on going to the casino and, you know, I'm going to spend this much money. I'm going to bring so much money and I'm going to win a big pile, turn this little pile into a big pile and then turn the big pile into a huge pile and come home and I'm going to buy a car for everybody and we're mm -hmm. going to go on a world vacation. You know, all those, all those dreams were just, you know, my ego feeding myself. Yeah. None of those things ever happened. Uh, I would come home feeling lower than dirt because I couldn't provide for my family. I couldn't provide for myself. And, you know, the line was really the biggest part of what was dragging me down emotionally. And all the time that I was actively gambling, I don't think I had a real constructive, what I would call a normal relationship. Mm -hmm. um, when I started to be abstinent, when I first started going to meetings and talking about my problem and learning that other people had the same problem, then I could, I started to have some hope. I started to have some hope that I could actually have a normal way of thinking and living, a, a real life somewhere down the road. And I didn't know where, what it was going to look like. I didn't know when it was going to happen. But I could see other people that were in the meetings that had that. And they had a certain amount of peace in their lives. And they were doing just, okay. <laughs> and, and I wanted it. Um, so staying abstinent was the first step for me. Mm -hmm. Once And just being abstinent, then I could bring out you know, all the reasons why I was gambling. And when I started thinking about why, the relationships started getting better. Um, I didn't have to lie about where I was and what I was doing. I could be honest with myself. I could be honest with my family. Uh, my brother, who lives in Florida, I virtually ignored for five or six years. Uh, and now we talk all the time. Uh, 
he's only, he's three years younger than me. He's, we have a great relationship now because I got honest with myself through abstinence and recovery and just being joyful and going and spending a week with him uh, and, or calling him on the phone just to see what he's doing. Uh, you talk about the weather. Mm-hmm. He's my brother. And I didn't have that relationship at all for five years, six wow. years. Um, and today, yeah, I've been able to mend the relationships that I broke. I've been able to straighten the ones that I bent. My f- relationship with money has completely changed. My finances, when I first came out of the casino, my credit score was 450. I think that's probably the lowest you can get out of credit score. Wow. As of yesterday, my credit score is 800. Good for you, Carl. That's amazing. So many things have changed my life because my relationship with money has changed. My father used to tell me that Money's only as good as what you do with it. If you do good things with it, then money's good. If you do bad things with it, then money's not good. And I was doing all the wrong things with my money. Uh, today, I go to work every day. I, I look for uh, opportunities to uh, earn money at work. I'm self-employed. So no one hands me a paycheck. I go out and I have to earn it every day. I always have to be conscious of that. But even more than that, I look for opportunities to uh, give back. I've been blessed in so many ways financially in the last 12 years. Uh, I give back in uh, trying to make other people's lives better, fixing problems that they can't fix. Uh, I don't spend money that I don't need to. I, I look at my money as something that I can save I, I actually have some savings, amazingly enough, for the first time in my life. Uh, I don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, can, I can give money to my girlfriend to go to the, to the grocery store, or I can send some money to my kids. Uh, you know, my, my daughter, who is one of the younger ones in my, of my kids, is a teacher. So she wants to get her master's degree. And I told her, okay. You do the work. I can't the easy part. I'll write you a check. Mm-hmm. So, What support? Um, I love it. I'm, I'm helping her in that way. And yeah. uh, again, relationships that, you know, she's 26, 20, yeah, 26 now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was only 14 when I came into this program. So she didn't really understand what was going on. And she was very angry. She was very angry because of all the things that I had done. And I can understand that. I can accept that. But by continuing to do the next right thing, I've been able to show not just her, but so many other people in my life that I'm capable of being a better person. That I'm not that same person that walked out of the casino 12 years ago. Um, Literally everything in my life has changed because I got serious about my recovery. Mm-hmm. I had other people that would help me along the way. Um, and my recovery is a living, breathing thing. It doesn't just stay static. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, right now I have an 
awesome girlfriend who gets it. She knows what recovery is about. She understands what I've been through, where I'm going. And, you know, I want to stay healthy for her. Yeah. Uh, that's. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, Carl, you you must have taken a peek at our notes because it was perfectly <laughs> aligned pretty much with almost all the things that we put on there. And you mentioned your girlfriend. And I really want to ask, um, how do you nurture your relationship with your partner now versus um, prior to when you reached out for help? So before when I was actively gambling. Uh, I just wanted to be by myself. I didn't want anybody to bother me. I didn't want to do, have anything to do with anybody unless they were going to give me a way to make more money so I could set it aside to go out and gamble. Uh, today, I actually spend time with her. We'll sit down and we'll have dinner. Or once a month, she and I go out with a good friend of mine and his wife. We plan it. We schedule it. And we go out and that's all we do is we just go to dinner. We spend four or five hours. We talk. Um, we talk about what's bothering us, mm -hmm. which I never had anyone I could ever talk to about what was bothering me. I always had to figure it out myself, solve my own problems. Yeah. Uh, we put ideas against each other about you know, how can we do this and how should we do something? And we come up with solutions. We come up with mutual solutions instead of just, this is the way I'm going to do it. And that's all there is to it, which mm -hmm. is the way it was before. Uh, we actually communicate. Uh, she has a sense of humor. that's <laughs> pretty close to mine. So, <laughs> you know, like the other night I'm stumbling through the dark and I stubbed my toe and she laughed about it. <laughs> and then I laughed about it. And then my toe stopped hurting. Oh, <laughs> laughter is the best medicine, you know? I'm so glad that you have each other. It seems like, you, you know, she helps you and, and, you know, you do the same and it's just a, a great, a great um, friendship and relationship. It sounds like. It really is. And every day I reminded that I have to be on my best behavior. Mm -hmm. because I'm not, I could stand to lose so much. That I've been given in my life and given back in my life through recovery. Yeah. So do you have any guidance for someone who has a problem with gambling um, and is also struggling in the relationships, whether that be with, you know, maybe their children or their spouse or their significant other? Like what, what can you, what can you say about that? Be honest. Honesty is the basis of every constructive relationship that I can think of. Uh, not just mine, but all the other ones that I know of, people that are very satisfied in their lives. Uh, it's built on honesty. And sometimes honesty hurts. Yeah. Sometimes coming home and saying, hey, I messed up, or hey, you know, I didn't do the right thing, or, you know, hey, uh, you know. But if you can be honest about it with your partner, with your significant other, wife, husband, whatever it may be, then you've got a path forward that will lead you to uh, a satisfying relationship. So for me, the key has always been honesty and not just honest with them, but honest with myself because first I have to convince myself that, you know, Hey, I did something wrong. 
because when I was in gambling, you know, I never did anything wrong. Everything was perfect. You know, everybody else was all screwed up. Mm-hmm. But then I, I got into recovery or got into abstinence and then recovery. And I slowly learned that I have a share in all my problems. Uh, all my problems, I have something to do with. It's not just somebody else's fault. And a lot of times it's a big part of the problem. And sometimes I just have to get out of my own way and let things happen organically and things work out. But honesty has always been the the first step forward, I think, for all the healing that I've had to to work with in my life and recovery. So I just want to remind all of our listeners that there are several ways to reach out for help if you or a loved one is uh, struggling with a gambling addiction. So we have some great resources here at the Finger Lakes Problem Gambling Resource Center, which includes connecting folks to Gamblers Anonymous or Gaminon, if that's something that you are interested in giving a try. It's a 12-step program. Uh, Carl, I'll let you speak on it since you are more familiar with it than I am. So Gamblers Anonymous is a 12-step recovery program, and really it it teaches you how to deal with life on life's terms. When when I was gambling, I was always running away from my problems. Uh, Gambling was the way that I went and medicated myself uh, against all the problems that I had in my relationships, my family, my finances, my work. Running away at the casino was the way that I hid from all those problems. And I realized that I couldn't hide from them anymore. I went to Gamblers Anonymous and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to do it, but I knew I had to do something. And there was a whole room full of people that accepted me for who I was, accepted me for where I had been, they accepted me for what I had done, they accepted me for what I hadn't done. There was no judgment in any room that I've ever been in. And that was a huge, huge relief for me because I was afraid. I was afraid that I was going to walk in the door and people were going to say, you're such a bad person and you should do this. You should do that. There was none of that. Um, There were only people there to help me. And I didn't figure out everything about the program the first day that I went in or the first month or first year. It just takes time. Got to give it time give it a chance to kind of work into your life one day at a time. I was never able to live my life one day at a time. I was always trying to plan out what was going to happen next week, next month, next year. And I found out that when I was doing that, I was always coming up short and I would be disappointed. And then I'd have to medicate my disappointment with more gambling. The Gambler's Honest Program taught me how to actually live a life that I can be proud of. Uh, It showed me a path for recovery that I never would have seen by myself. And sometimes just through simple things like being present in the moment, stepping back, enjoying where I am and what I'm doing, and not thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow or the day after or, or a year from now. Enjoying the moment. And uh, I think that's helped heal a lot of the relationships that I stressed and strained and broke because today I can actually just live in the moment. My girlfriend's daughter got married 
on Saturday. And I was able to just go, enjoy the day, not worry about what was going to happen, not worry about if anyone was going to be there that I owed money to, or I, I didn't have to stop and check scores or anything like that. I was just able to enjoy the entire day. And it was one of those unique once in a lifetime moments that if I was still gambling, I would have missed most of it. I would have been more interested in, you know, gee, can I go to the casino tonight? Or so can I put some bets in online? Uh, now that betting is legal in New York state online, uh, who knows if, if I was still actively gambling, I'm sure that I'd take advantage of that. Yeah. Just sitting in the comfort of my own home. But I know that for me, I will always be a compulsive gambler. And I know exactly where that road's going to leave me. That road is going to lead me down a path of misery and pain because that's where I was before. Mm -hmm. It's going to take me right back there and it won't take very long either. Yeah. And that's why I have to keep doing the next right thing. That's yeah. why I have to keep being honest with the people around me, being honest with myself and, you know, continuously being involved in Gamblers Anonymous helps remind me that, yeah, there's still that pain that's out there, but I have a way of negotiating around it. Yeah. I'll always be a compulsive gambler and I can accept that, uh, but I have constructive ways of dealing with it now instead of the destructive ways that I had before. And that's the biggest thing that my program has taught me. Fantastic. And just so the rest of our listeners know, um, we at the Finger Lakes Problem Gambling Resource Center offer a variety of options for people when they call in. Um, if they, they are not comfortable with going and doing a 12-step program yet, and they just want some information, we can provide them with that. And we also have um, what has been uh, most successful for us is getting pe people connected right then and there to one-on-one um, -on -one counseling. And we do that a variety of ways. And we've talked about it on um, previous podcasts. So um, we're here to we're here to help. That's why we're here. And we want to make sure that everyone, um, you know, has a happy and healthy life. I know that may sound a little bit, uh, you know, corny, but it, it's true. You know, we do care about people and we want to make sure that everyone gets connected to the resources that they need and are successful in their recovery. So um, one quick note I do want to mention is that um, the New York Council on Problem Gambling's annual conference is coming up. Um, we usually do it in October, end of October, um, but we're switching gears this year. So in 2022, uh, the council's virtual conference will be held on March 9th and 10th. So that will be a great opportunity to tune in virtually and view some great speakers that are going to be lined up. Um, we're in the process of fleshing out the details. So if you want more information, please go to nyproblemgambling.org slash conference. So all of that information will be updated once we have it available, but we wanted to let you all know that we're switching to March because March is Problem Gambling Awareness Month. So what better time to do the conference than there? So thank you all. And thank you, Carl, for hopping on today. And, um, you know, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>